Okay, we're talking about coffee. I know that we voted for it. It was pretty close, but coffee wins. We're talking about coffee. It's not a food. I understand that. It's a drink, but in a sense, it's a food because if you think about it, orange juice and apple juice are going to be, you know, they're kind of like foods. Anyway, uh, I'm not going to discuss this anymore. We're going we're gonna to roll. Let's go. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Food Stigma, the podcast that brings you information about food you don't like or you may not know of. I'm here to give you some cool information about the foods you may not know or hate or haven't tried yet but are curious. Uh, if you would like to suggest a food, go on ahead. You can go ahead and tweet me at Food Stigma Cast. That's Food Stigma Cast on Twitter, or you can email me at foodstigmamail at gmail.com and uh, I will answer your questions or I'll take your request or you can even on Twitter vote in my poll that I'll be posting every Tuesday. So let's move on with it. Coffee. The origin of coffee. Let's find out the origin of coffee together. The history of coffee goes at least as far back as the 10th century with a number of reports and legends surrounding its first use. The native, undomesticated origin of coffee is thought to have been Ethiopia. The earliest substantiated evidence of either coffee, drinking, or knowledge of the coffee tree is from the 15th century in the Sufi monasteries of Yemen. By the 16th century, it had reached the rest of the Middle East, South India, Persia, Turkey, the Horn of Africa, and Northern Africa. Coffee then spread to the Balkans, Italy, and the rest of Europe to the Southeast Asia, then to America. The word coffee entered the English language in 1582 via the Dutch coffee, that's K-O-F-F-I-E, borrowed from the Turkish kav, K-A-H-V-E, in turn borrowed from the Arabic kahwa. Am I saying that right? Kahwa? Q-A-W-A-H? Q-A-H-W-A-H, Kawa, I don't know. It was referred to a type of wine whose etymology is given by Arab lexographers as deferring, deriving from the verb Kaha, lack of hunger. I don't know how to say these words. I'm sorry. In reference to the drink's reputation as an appetite suppressant. So you would, they would drink these, this, this coffee liquid this wine, coffee wine, because it suppressed their appetite. That's great. And that word, kahwa, is sometimes alternatively traced to the word, Arabic word kuwa, Q-U-W-W-A, which means power or energy, or to kafa, K-A-F-F-A, a medieval kingdom in Ethiopia, whence the plant was exported to Arabia. So it could be any of these things that I can't say. Who knows? The truth, you know, isn't really exact in this minute. It, it came, possibly came from Africa, and it was possibly traded with with Northern Africa and the Horn of Africa and Ethiopia with the Arab, Arabic people. So that could that could be a thing. I don't know. So, what is the coffee fruit? Um, hmm. It is a white blossom that smells like jasmine and a red cherry-like fruit. Back then, the leaves of the so-called magical fruit were boiled into water 
and the resulting concoction was thought to have medicinal properties so it could heal you which in a sense it does now it heals your mind <laughs> and makes you awake which I'm feeling a little bit awake now too so what about the taste well the taste of the fruit well there's a sweet sticky pulp layer that tastes somewhat like watermelon rose water and hibiscus all at once which actually sounds pretty delicious but um I know what you guys are thinking right now what about those those lattes at Starbucks that had that fruit in there was that true was that cascara latte was that did that have the fruit in there I don't know I don't work there but I can give you a cool little thing that they probably got a, a cool hip name for it but it was from the actual coffee tea named cascara so cascara means husk peel skin in Spanish um, the, this cascara tea uh, is, is dry it's the dried skins of the coffee cherries these pulped skins are collected after the seeds uh, well the coffee beans have been removed from the cherries then they uh, these cascara these these husks are then put into a tea bag then they're steeped in water like you would do with normal tea and in the article it says the husks have remnants of coffee flavor in them and they would rather not waste the fruit so that's where you get the cascara from and that's for a short time why Starbucks made cascara lattes probably because of the cool name or they actually used some of the tea in there who knows I don't know I didn't research it because I was a little bit too lazy for it well not enough to where I wouldn't look up the lattes but enough where I looked up the history of Starbucks so let's move on to that so the history of Starbucks here um, they opened up in Seattle Washington on March 31st 1971 by three partners who met while they were students at the University of San Francisco. The idea was to sell high-end coffee beans and equipment, but not coffee at first. Starting out, they usually just gave out free samples of their coffee to show how good their beans were, but by 1986, they would start selling espresso coffee, and the ball started rolling from there. By 1986, um, they after they sold espresso coffees about four years later in 1990 they took the frappuccino they took it from a standalone business where they kind of bought them out and they took the frappuccino as their own then by 2013 they started creating their um their handcrafted sodas uh phys physio i i guess i don't know the name i forget now i just went through a lot of history just picked three things out of their timeline because I don't want to delve too much into their history because it's a lot of stuff. So if you're interested in learning the history of Starbucks, I recommend checking out their Wikipedia or even going on their um, their website and learning about that stuff there. Um, so here's another thing that people are wondering too. Is coffee addictive? I don't want to get addicted to coffee if I don't have to. Well, let me, uh, let me help you out here. I went to uh, web webmd.com. You know that website that says you probably have cancer with the slightest small things that you may be sick with uh, I decided to look up caffeine or coffee it, it found it found caffeine you know so it says here that the addictiveness of coffee has some truth to it depending on what you mean by addictive caffeine is a stimulant to the central nervous system and a regular use of caffeine does does cause mild physical dependence Caffeine doesn't threaten your physical, social, or economic health the way addictive drugs do. And it says in parentheses, I hate this, 
Although, after seeing your monthly spending at the coffee shop, you might disagree. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't. I do, actually. I spend a lot of money. If you stop taking caffeine abruptly, you may have symptoms for a day or more, especially if you consume two or more cups of coffee a day. Symptoms of withdrawal from caffeine include headache, fatigue, anxiety, irritability, depressed mood, and difficulty concentrating, which I can attest to that. I quit coffee for about maybe four months, and I got all of those symptoms. Like not at the same time, but they would come in like after a few days, and you know I got over it eventually. But it it happens. It's not as intense for it wasn't intense intense for me. But it depends on the coffee drinker. You may be more dependent on it than I was. I would drink maybe um, a cup a day. So no doubt, caffeine withdrawal can make for a few bad days. It says here. However, caffeine does not cause the severity of withdrawal or harmful drug-seeking behaviors such as street drugs or, or alcohol does. So for this reason, most experts don't consider caffeine dependence a serious addiction. Thank God. So you're probably thinking now, that's great and all, but how, how would I, a person who hates coffee, be convinced by a person who loves coffee such as you? Well, let me at least try. I, I don't have a straight answer. There, there's multiple different types of coffee there. There's, there's espresso shots. There's uh, different, you know, sizes of coffee. There's just black coffee. There's light, medium, dark roast. There's lattes. There's uh, frappuccinos. There's uh, americanos. A whole bunch of different variety of coffees that, that, you know, I don't know if you'll like or not. But I can at least give you a foot in the door. In the door. So, with that being said, you can have Starbucks coffee. Don't don't be judged by all these people. It's a, I mean it can be expensive depending on what you order, but you can have Starbucks coffee. It's not it's not the best coffee, but it'll definitely do the job. It'll wake you up a little bit. In fact, now that I say that you should make your own coffee. I mean if you have a Keurig, great or a coffee maker, great. But if you want to push for better coffee flavor, I might suggest a French press, which is just a slow press of you know, coffee. Uh, I don't want to visualize it on a podcast. You can look up the French press coffee at home, look at videos, you basically press down the coffee slowly and it gives you, apparently it gives you more caffeine or more flavor of the bean. Uh, same thing for drip or pour over style coffee. You do the same thing. You put the beans in some coffee paper, <laughs> I guess, and you pour that over and let it drip or let it kind of just go in there slowly. And you get a little bit more of the flavor that way. I mean, if you want to, you can just get lattes from Starbucks as a starting point. Because that's less coffee and more flavor. And you can just kind of get used to that flavor over time if you like. Now, that part about depending on what kind of coffee you like, that'll depend on you. Because each coffee is different. Like the light, medium, dark roast. That's all up to your preference. I'm not too familiar with that. Um, but what I researched... It's saying that, you know, just sticking with lattes and getting used to that flavor of coffee is better than just going with a straight cup of black coffee. So that being said, um, the there's some coffees that I tried earlier this week. Um, white chocolate mocha from Starbucks, which is really good. Tastes good to me. And I tried this maple syrup brown sugar latte from Nordstrom's coffee shop in the mall. And it sounds super sugary, that one. But 
it actually tasted pretty great. It wasn't sugary at all and actually had a lot of flavor. And I thought, hey, this would be kind of a good way to convince you guys to try out coffee. Try out with the latte. Um, so this form that, you know, that I was on, it recommends not delving too much into straight coffee only because you really need to become accustomed to the taste, like I'd said previously. So again, reiterating it, just try out, you know, a sugary coffee as your first starting point, as your foot in the door, just to try it. Now, what about light, medium, and dark roasts? I have a little bit of information here discussing like what the differences of those are. So let me go ahead and go with that. So light roasts retain most of the original coffee characteristics. Uh, light roasts have a light brown tan color. They have a lack of oil on the roasted beans. They have the highest acidity and are the brightest of the three roast levels. The characteristics of different origins are most pronounced in light roasts as are the qualities of the individual coffee. Much of the taste comes from the original coffee, which is why light roasts are often used for cuppings. I don't know what a cuffing is, but um, I'm pretty sure it's not for a cup of coffee. So light roasts are sometimes called half city, light city, New England, or cinnamon roasts, which I've never heard it be called that before. I don't know why it's called that. Um, a medium roast is balanced with acidity and body. So a medium roast will have a darker brown color than a light roast and will look richer. Some of the coffee's oils may be visible on the beans as well. At this roast level, the coffee's qualities... Ooh, thank you for the cup of coffee here. Appreciate that. What is... What kind of coffee is this? I'll be right back. Okay. This coffee is... Oh, I'm going to talk about this later. So... Oh, that's good. Okay, so let's get back to it. Uh, so for the medium roast, at, at the roast level here, the coffee's qualities begin to give way to the roast flavors and aromas, creating a balance between acidity and body, which I believe I'm drinking right now. Uh, you'll still be able to taste the original coffee, but the bean's brightness will be complemented with the fuller body that is introduced by the roasting process. These medium roasts go by city, breakfast, regular, and American roasts, which I think I've heard about one or two of those. And uh, you brought coffee back, the beans. What kind of beans do you use for this coffee that I'm drinking? Anyway. <sighs> All right. Hi. Back, back off the mic. <laughs> this is a smell. You're really close to it. No, the beans. Back the beans off. <laughs> anyway. So what I actually do whenever I brew my coffee is I blend to... Uh, beans together um, usually one dark one light the lighter being like you know like the cinnamon vanilla whatever this the, the lighter one I do is snickernut which is weird <laughs> um, and then the one that I just bought actually is from a, a old friend of mine from high school um, Dylan Washington who created Pinewood Roasters in a popular uh, coffee shop down in Waco called Common Grounds, he makes the coffee for them. And this one is called the Common Grounds 8th Street Blend with flavor notes of red fruit, floral, and smooth. It's more of like a medium roast, but it's pretty awesome. You're That's gonna... cool. I didn't know it had different flavor notes or like that. That's cool. Yeah, you can get coffee with like... Like more tropical ones, like Ethiopia, or whatever, will have more like fruit notes. 
I get that. And all that. Um, more, mainly just so, like, that people get creative. It's kind of like craft beer. People get really creative with their coffee beans. So, mm. like, here, smell. Oh, that does smell very fruity. Yeah. And what does it say on the package? It smells like uh, coffee. Coffee. Yeah, see, like, with this one, it looks lighter, mm -hmm. but darker roasts and you guys medium roasts will be more dry. Uh, the beans will be drier, while, like, the flavored ones will be more wet. So, wet and dry beans are funny. So, yeah. Oh, cool. That was interesting. I Yay. didn't know about that. You can take a picture of yeast. Take a picture of those beans. And beans. But do you like the coffee? The coffee was pretty good. I'm a snob about my coffee, so yay. Yeah, I know. Oh, <laughs> well, that was interesting. Yay, I didn't know. Fun, fun interrupting your podcast. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun, wasn't it? We got to learn about more coffee. So, that was what I was going to be talking about later in the podcast, about how my girlfriend makes coffee, but she kind of gave you the the whole spiel of it herself, which is awesome. So before I move on to that, let's f let's finish up here on these roasts. The last thing I want to talk about is, is the dark roasts. They basically ba they basically showcase bold bodies and richer taste. These dark roasts are dark brown, almost black in color, which is what the Pinewood Roasters Common Ground Eighth Street Blend is mostly. Uh, they resemble chocolate, if it was shaped like a coffee bean. Uh, oils can be seen on the bean at this point, which I did see a little bit there. Oils uh, can be seen in the dark roasted beans as well. When uh, drinking a dark roast, you're almost exclusively tasting notes from the roast, which is going to be that red fruit, the floral, and smooth. Um, the brightness of the light roast is replaced with the body in the dark roast because the original coffee's qualities are mostly lost in the roast level. It's difficult to pick out the characteristics of a specific coffee's origin or lot by this point. Historically, dark roasts have been popular in Europe, giving rise to the terms such as continental, Italian, French, and Spanish roasts. Espresso roasts are also usually dark roasts, which is partly why espresso can stand up to it to lots of milk and sugar, which is what they put in lattes, just so you know. So... Here's where I throw the, uh, the ball in your court. It's up to you, the listener, to go out and try different new things. And yes, I will keep saying this until you go and try foods, until I see proof that you're doing that. So it only takes you, the person, to actually go in and take that first bite of a mushroom pickle or sip of some coffee. So again, if you would like to tell me these things or you'd like to suggest a food, tweet me at foodstigmacast or email me at foodstigmamail at gmail.com if you despise Twitter. So again, thank you for listening, and keep trying new things.